Kill Him With Kindness Crusade, a podcast dedicated to sharing the reality of surviving under the tyranny of domestic violence in America. True life experiences of victims and villains, as well as family members and law enforcement officers that are affected daily by the don't ask, don't tell attitude toward private family violence. I'm not only going to ask, I'm going to tell too, without anyone even bothering to ask. At this point, all I see is the elephant. It's no longer in the room. It's the entire fucking house. I'm your host, a poor white trash daughter of the Confederacy, and I've had enough already. And I ain't got shit left to lose, so fuck it. Let's get on with this. Welcome to reality. Her response was the response of most victims. She thought of the children. She did not think of the criminal justice system or whatever domestic violence resources were available to her. She did not calculate what areas would be off limits to him with her order of protection. Her response was autonomic, fight or flight. What do you do if a bear is coming at you? Do you rear up and scream to make yourself big or do you play dead? You certainly don't sit and consider the wildlife protection services that might be available to you if the bear would only give you a little time to gather yourself together. And then there's this, the bear isn't just coming at you, it's coming at your children too. What do you do? She did not recant because she was a coward or because she believed she had overreacted or because she believed him to be any less dangerous. She did not recant because she was crazy or because she was a drama queen or because any of this was anything less than a life or death matter. She did not recant because she had lied. She recanted to stay alive. She recanted to keep her children alive. Victims stay because they know that any sudden movement will provoke the bear. They stay because they have developed tools over the years that have sometimes worked to calm down an angry partner, pleading, begging, cajoling, promising, and public displays of solidarity, including those against the very people, police, advocates, judges, lawyers, family, who might be the only ones capable of saving their lives. They stay because they see the bear coming for them and they want to live. That passage was from Rachel Louise Snyder's book, No Visible Bruises. What we don't know about domestic violence can kill us. When I first read those words, I could not stop my tears. When I think on that moment right now, I moved with an incredible amount of emotion because this woman states so beautifully the absolute truth. A 
a truth that I have known a long time, but I've never heard anyone else say out loud. You don't corner a thing that's meaner than you. And you don't turn your children loose to them. Not if you want to sleep at night. So you stay. You stay in bad situations. Where you're disrespected and mistreated. And degraded. And it's not good for your kids to see that. And you know it. But there's nowhere to go. A shelter? Give me a break. These are some hopeless ass, ridiculous friggin' solutions created by people who've never been in a situation where they actually needed that kind of help. They doom you to fail, and that only makes it worse for you because ultimately you're going to go back to that abuser because you have no choice. You can't take care of yourself. They've made sure of it. You have no idea what it's like to be in the world. They've made sure of it. And so you go to a shelter where you can stay for a few days, but you have no means to get a job or to work and you've got kids. Plus you're dealing with all of the emotional baggage of being in that relationship that you've been in. And so before you're able to stand on your own two feet, you will find yourself back out on the street again. And don't you know, they're always all too willing to let you come back, but you pay for it and you pay dearly every time. Sooner or later, you quit trying because you recognize that those are not answers. They just invite more punishment upon you and yours, which is the opposite of what they claim to do. Domestic violence is a plague and it's only getting worse, but it requires two participants. And neither is good or bad. It's just magnets, magnetism. So you have personalities that, that attract their opposite, which is that master oppressor relationship and neither being strong enough to control it or master their dominance or submission, they get caught in this vicious, vicious, and oftentimes deadly cycle of violence that just carries on through generations and generations. So how do we stop that? Is there any hope? Yes. I believe that with just tiny, tiny bits of effort right now, that our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, will no longer have to struggle with domestic violence, that we can begin to plant the seeds of wisdom that will eliminate the need for domestic violence, that will eliminate this confusion over the gender roles and male dominance and whether men have feelings or women have feelings or everyone has feelings and now we all need to accept that and own them um without shame because there is none however you feel is fine there's a reason you feel that way i encourage you to explore that i did and i came out the other side far wiser far healthier and quite frankly a fucking miracle so i would like to share with you on this show a little bit of what i've learned 
on my journey as I processed a life lived in underneath the tyranny of domestic violence in all of its varying forms. Um, and then finding no way out, having to figure out a way to not only endure the the violence or oppression and degradation and disrespect, but to somehow, whilst enduring that, find a way to find hope and a way out and seek and get creative and find a way to save my children. And it meant leaving my children for five years in the care of those who had hurt me so. But I had to, I had to heal myself. I'd never had the opportunity. I'd been running for a long time. And so when I was granted the chance to have some time on my own, I dug in and said, okay, God, give it to me. What happened? How did I get here? Whatever it is, quit giving it to me in little bitty pieces and tearing my heart out bit by bit. Give it all to me now, I said. Rip it off like a fucking band-aid and it'll either kill me or it won't. And God answered my prayers. It all came back. All of the blank spots in my memories, all of those confused emotions that I could not process came on. And they didn't come on all at once, but damn near it. It was rough. It was rough. And then I encountered a voice of hope in the Brian Buffini Show podcast. I encourage all of you to go over and check him out. Just pick one that friggin' speaks to you. Trust your gut on this. Like, there's good shit in there. And it is from the power behind the power, I guess. That magnificent force that rules the universe flows through this man. I highly recommend The Power of a Made-Up Mind. It was better when it had uh, the story with his mother. I don't think it's in there anymore, and I don't know why, but I loved that story. That was so funny. Anyways, great show, great guy. Sign up for his one-to-one -one coaching, and you will not be disappointed. He is hitting the nail on the head with his mindset, motivation, and methodology. And so... To build upon that, because that is the triangle of achievement, man. If you ain't got those three things lined out, you ain't getting shit done that you want. I mean, shit's happening because it's happening all the time. It happens independent of whether or not you direct it or neglect it. It's going on, like that growth cycle. It's just, it's how you're wired. So your pace might be different than mine. Like I always say, I have one gear and it is go. My farmer has one gear and it is low. <laughs> so, you know, it's some of it's hardwired into you. And then some of it is as you gain momentum and you get more practiced at dealing and experiencing and feeling your way through this cycle of, of growth and rejuvenation and journeying ever onward towards the realization of who and what you really are. Um, <clears throat> I lost my place. Anyways, that growth is happening. It's happening perpetually, and it is independent of you. So it's sort of like gravity, you know? If you 
if you trip, you fall down, whether you believe that gravity is a real thing or that the math is right or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, you're still falling down. You throw something up in the air, it will come back down again. Gravity. So growth is happening, and we're feeding our future growth with the seeds that we're distributing right now. And there are only only two seeds, and they're the seeds of courage. It can be encouragement or discouragement that we encounter, and that will affect our future growth. In a brief overview, I guess I shall let you know that there are, of course, the mindset, motivation, and methodology. Now, in each of those categories, there is but two possible um, words. Anyways, so in your mindset segment, you're going to have a mindset of judgment and justice or grace, because grace occurs in the absence of justice. Now, over in your motivation, you're either going to be motivated by fear and fear takes two forms. It's the fuck everything and run. And then there's face everything and rise. Or fuck off fear. I've had enough. I ain't scared of you anymore. And then eventually, as you continue to face your fears and, and experience and feel your fears and what created those fears, like the root of those fears, you got to find the root of those fears. And as you're doing that, you're you're still swinging through this process and that growth is occurring and you're encountering seeds. And so you've got to be sowing them seeds of hope and encouragement for yourself as you're going along or else it's real easy to get very discouraged and want to quit. Now, even if you decide to quit, the process still continues and you just go down into this ever decreasing spiral. It becomes almost unstoppable until you reach this breaking point. And this is a point that I, I call at mercy. Something gives. Maybe you die. Maybe it's death. Mercy can be death. Maybe it's unconscious. Maybe it's disassociation. Maybe it is something. I don't know. Maybe you get high. Maybe maybe you eat. I don't know. That breaking point occurs. And all of a sudden, you're like, air. Fuck, I didn't realize I wasn't breathing. And you're so grateful. And you know gratitude because you have oxygen. That is gratitude. And from there you grow up and you can approach this moment that you are in. Because that's really all you have is right now. Right now, today, this moment. And it's all the same. But you can approach it with a belief that justice is a real thing and that it could be ever achieved in any situation or as you face your fears you begin to understand and accept that there is no such thing as justice that things done can't be undone anymore than a pickle can be made back into a cucumber it's just kind of a one-way thing you know and so justice isn't real. It is a pretty idea, and it's put on paper and promised to Americans. But it's a stupid fucking lie, and it's just asking for trouble and leading people to this false sense of security, like like that the, that if something bad happens, it could be made right again. 
It could not. It could be made different. It already had been. But it could never go back to what it was before. And so justice is an illusion. Now, nature abhors a vacuum. So if there is no such thing as justice, what then do we put in our mindset? Well, without justice, there could be no judgment. And all that would remain would be grace and understanding. Having owned our experience over there and our motivation by facing our fears and fully realizing and feeling our entire experience, we understand and can grant the grace. And now we know that fear being ridiculous because we've already survived so much, there is no room for fear. And so in that vacuum, what must fill it but faith and faith that no matter what, it will be all right. It could not be otherwise. And so now you've got grace and now you've got faith and now you're going on to your method. And now how are you applying those things, your grace and your faith? Is it through a belief that you hold dear? Know this, belief is rooted in thought. Thought is a product of either the right or the left brain, not the power behind. Thought is dependent upon experience, exposure, and openness. Therefore, it could never prove true. Anything dependent could never be the truth. Truth would be independent. Truth doesn't matter if you believe. Wisdom knows nothing, yet understands everything. The biggest lie we tell ourselves is that we are capable of knowledge, of knowing what is best or understanding all of the possible variables in a thing. We are not, they are infinite. And with everything always interacting, whether it's, I mean, think of, think of as you make your morning coffee and you, you got it spinning, you got your black coffee there, you put in a little sugar. I like mine sweet and light. It's like candy really, but anyways, I always put in my sugar first and get it spinning. And I love to pour in the cream and watch that transformation, that enlightenment that occurs. That's what happens when you let go of your knowledge. When you stop placing such an unearthly importance upon knowing things and recognize the beauty of understanding things in nature and how that can work to benefit you and yours and all of us. So there you have it. Grace, faith, wisdom. And with that, you could never fail. Thanks for listening. This is the Kill em With Kindness Crusade. Hashtag KKK. Listen, like, subscribe, connect, and share. I'm just a simple southern gal who's had enough already. Shut the fuck up. Listen.
Keep listening. Adapt. Grow. Conquer fear. Realize faith. Forget the illusion of justice. It doesn't exist. No justice equals no judgment. No judgment enter grace. Grace and faith develop together. Focus on what you have ability to control. Only your own actions. So are you running from fear? Have you faced the fear? Feel the fear. Learn humility. Endure and find your inner strength. Toodaloo. Close your eyes. Prick your ears. And from the softest sound to the wildest noise, from the simplest tone to the highest harmony, from the violent, passionate scream to the gentlest words of sweet reason, it is by nature who speaks, revealing her being, her power, her life, her relatedness. So that a blind person to whom the infinitely visible has been denied can grasp the infinite vitality in what can be heard. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe.